Welcome to or welcome back to the Rebel Women Podcast. We are your hosts, Gabby and Emma. Here we discuss real life questions and topics through our shared experiences. So before we jump into today's topic, how are you doing, Gab? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Emma? I'm good. I'm wicked excited to be recording today. (laughs) Yes, this is literally my favorite thing to talk about. One of my favorite things to talk about. Today's topic. Yes. Which is stay at home moms versus working moms versus work from home moms. And everything. Yeah. Not really actually versus each other because like we'll get into that. But I feel like societally it's very like who has it worst <laughs> but it's n- no and no right and we're gonna right and it's all on a spectrum it's like all yeah. of those things and everything in between mm-hmm. uh so you want me to ask the questions first because you have a follow-up too yeah like- why don't you start okay I feel like I have a sneeze oh well, let's do that. Let's do that thing. Look at a light girl. <laughs> I can't. It's like stuck in my nose. I hate that feeling. Yes. And there's like no lights in here for me to like really look at. Anyways, hmm. where were you in your career when you became a mom? I was a full-time massage therapist working. Oh, you were? I was. Okay. Yeah. And I was working for a company that was a chain, Massage Envy. I'm sure most people would know what Massage Envy is. We don't have any where we're from, but most people do. Um, But yeah, so I was working at a Massage Envy full time and I had my daughter and yeah, my goals for my work at that point is that I did want to own my own business. I wanted to own my own massage business wow okay for some reason I thought you were doing I thought massage came after Araya nope you like your timeline is still something that I still can't quite wrap my head around and I'm slowly piecing it together throughout every podcast episode that we do keeps it exciting I love it (laughs) (laughs) okay so from there how did pregnancy and like birth so like maternity leave affect Mm -hmm. that job so I did not get a maternity leave from that job. What? Yeah, no, I did not. And it was rough. It was very rough. And I think that's something that contributed to really bad postpartum depression. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, straight out out of the gate. Um, We were very broke. So we didn't have any kind of cushion to lean on. Brandon actually worked at the same exact place. We both worked there at this time. So he like took a, day or two off and then I took about two weeks off in which we took a huge financial hit and then I went back to work and I was like still bleeding it was really really sad and I was also nannying on the side during that time also oh I thought you were nannying only no (laughs) both okay and I think it affected my experience because I did get extremely, I had really bad postpartum depression. My body didn't fully heal. And the depression ultimately caused us to make the decision to quit that job and move home. So back down East to be close to my family in hopes to help me. 
Um, and so ultimately, I guess it resulted in me quitting that job and moving <laughs> pregnancy and birth. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I guess this kind of just makes you restate what you just said, but did you have to choose, like, did you get to choose to pivot in your career or was it like, I, I have to do this after having a baby? Hmm. At that time, I'm going to try not to be too wordy with this answer. Cause this is like, if I'm talking too much, stop me. Um, <laughs> uh, but so a pivot, it was like a forced stop for sure. Um, and then when we moved home, I did, like, I was not massaging. So we, I went from working a full-time massage job to moving back home and, uh, having a tiny baby. Rhea was like three months old when we moved back home. Wow. Yeah. And we, at that time, there was a couple, a month or so there that I was just helping out on my parents' farm. I didn't like have an employee type job. And then we got an apartment elsewhere um, in Bar Harbor. I'm just going to say it because we don't live there. And um, (laughs) so we got an apartment in Bar Harbor where my partner was waiting tables, Brandon. And we, and at that time I was like, do I get another massage job or do I figure out what to do? Because at that time I could not afford daycare and Brandon was working a serving job in Bar Harbor in the summer. So he was not going to be able to help at all. (laughs) He's gone. He's actually not present. The tourists have taken him hostage. They have, and they totally did fully. So I was pretty much (laughs) on my own. And I ended up deciding to, at that point when Rhea was like, four or five months old between four and six months old I started nannying I took on hey that's what that's the part of your story yes okay keep going yes those first few months were a blur where I was massaging and then I was moving home and just so much chaos but um once we were settled at our new apartment I ended up deciding to take on a couple I called them my nanny babies and yeah. And at first it was just one and he was a month apart from Rhea. And then I had another one who was two months apart from Rhea and they were like my two long-term, but yeah, it was a a friend of friends of mine from college who also had, you know, had a baby and that it all ended up working out really well. So, so I nannied for a a long time, about a year. And then I continued to nanny, but I started, but I had enough money saved up from nannying that I rented a space and I was massaging on nights and weekends. So when Brandon would get home from his day job at that point, I would stun nannying and the kids would go home and then I'd leave and go massage and build my practice at like that. And I would only do a massage or two a night and sometimes like a handful on the weekends, but that was like me getting back into it. And that was an attempt of me starting my own practice on MDI, which ended up not panning out at all. But that was my first attempt at starting my own massage business. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought it was just like massage and then you stopped and did nannying and then you did massage again. I didn't realize that they were like overlapping 
with each other. Girl, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And it was a lot of work. It was really, really hard work. And, but I, I believe that, especially since I was like, at that point, trying to start my own massage practice, I wasn't working for anyone. You can't just start that cold turkey. Like you have to build a clientele. It's like, yeah. it, and that's one of the most frustrating things I think about starting a business is that it's not just like snap your fingers. It's here. You know, you have to work that shit. Yeah. And it was hard with a little one. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're living on MDI, which just happens to be away from your support system. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. away, away from your support system. So like, of course it's not even, it's, it's literally just like you and Brandon against the world pretty much with this brand new baby. Mm. It was hard. It was really hard. And that's exactly how it was. So I guess the split parenting thing, like even in the same household is definitely another method. I think of work and parenting balance. So we, we've done that multiple times in our, in our years of parenting, but that was like primarily at first, that's how we did it. It's like whoever was home and it was usually me. Um, (laughs) But during those times when I was starting to build my massage practice, he would just take over in the evenings. Yeah. 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 How do you, how do you feel about that now? Like when you look back at it, like, do you ever look at certain seasons, seasons of your life? Like something as crazy as moving with a newborn, starting a massage practice, practice, running a nanny business, like, and think how the fuck did I do that? I think that often, especially the nannying part, the nannying work was like, the hardest work I have ever done. Mm-hmm. And although it was like my solution to being a stay-at-home mom at the time, I still needed to make money because we were not, we Brandon alone didn't make enough money to support both of us. So I had to work. And that was my solution to working while still being able to like be a stay-at-home mom, quote unquote, you know, and yeah. um but in reality right. we're just a work work from home mom and yeah. work out of the home mom. Exactly. And nannying with I'm, you know, I don't know if other people might may have shared this experience like nannying in your home, but Raya always got the short end of the stick. I was always prioritizing everybody else's kids over her because I was getting paid to and and people yeah. were expecting a certain something from me so I feel like even though I got to be the one to raise my child and be that state have that like stay-at-home mom experience that I so badly wanted poor Raya I still feel like she I really wasn't able to give her like the attention that she deserved or that I wanted to or hoped for or you know we had a lot of really good times and adventures and but she didn't really get a a babyhood with me and being like coddled and the whole thing yeah. yeah yeah of course I don't know if that was like if that wrapped up that those series of questions Emma but I'm curious about your experience with the same yeah so for the first part uh where was I in my career when I became a mother mm-hmm. um so like I've, I've established before I was really young <laughs> I was fresh out of high school pretty much when I got pregnant um, and I was working a full-time job in kind of like food service, cashiering type of like job work, career right. work. Um, but I was also still doing a weekend cleaning job 
you know, just like trying to get fucking started in the world as a mm-hmm. young adult. And, but that is the job that I've had since I was 13. <laughs> so nice. that one was like second nature to me. And then I was also trying my damnedest to start my own business, just like Gabby was with her massage. For me, it was my photography. Mm-hmm. And girl, I swear to fucking God, you know, like you get little clipboards to like write like people's orders on every other it was like an order and then behind that was like business plans <laughs> oh that's so you that is so on brand I'm not surprised in the slightest <laughs> and then like all my work break dude I was all up like organizing that shit putting it into my phone which had google docs on it like I was like I was working three jobs at the time even though one was like just a full-time one and the other two were ones that I could pick up whenever I wanted to but in all reality, like it was two full-time jobs trying to start as right. a full-time job, regardless mm-hmm. of how much you're getting paid. Yeah, dude. Um, and then I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, surprise, let's add something else to your plate. And how did pregnancy and birth affect my jobs? <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the, I'm going to start with the full-time job, like mm-hmm. the legit job. It it honestly didn't, in my mind, when I was there, didn't affect my job that much. Mm-hmm. Looking back, it did. It definitely <laughs> did. I was naive. I was a teenager. Like I, like I was naive, um, and I because it was like the food sort of gig. I remember just like trying so hard not to throw up every oh. day because of all the different smells of not just the food, but like of the people. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> of the people and like just extreme like fatigue and swelling and forgetfulness, just like mm-hmm. not sleeping, just like didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, I don't feel like a human anymore. And mm. I literally just had just fucking recovered from my celiac diagnosis. Oh my God. So like I got sick with celiac in July, which is when I started my job. I didn't, I didn't know that it was celiac. I didn't get a diagnosis until December. Mm -hmm, So like every single day at work, it was that like super sick, just terribleness that you get with celiac disease and you don't know when you're still eating gluten. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant in February. So it was like, wow, bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that affected that job in that way, just like the typical sort of pregnancy way, but also within that job, I had to do a lot of lifting and I couldn't do it anymore. And I was so early in my pregnancy. I found out very early with Mm -hmm. Celia. And as soon as I found out and like went to the doctor and like got confirmed, they're like, all right, here's all the shit you can't do anymore. (laughs) And one of those things was you can't lift over, for me, they said you can't lift over 10 pounds which is, I don't think right. And I don't know if that's just my specific case because of my specific like pregnancy and body, Hmm. but that's what I was told by my doctor. And that's what I had to tell my job. And so I couldn't do as much as I was able to before. I wasn't as fast on the floor as I used to be. Like it, it just really like dumbed down my performance. And I did let my bosses know as soon as I found out that I was pregnant and I actually got fired while I was at an ultrasound appointment. <laughs> Which is just so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. That was the first one too. Mm. 
shit but then the company went under before I even gave birth so now I can't yeah. see why that happened yeah but also like damn <laughs> yeah that's cold as fuck yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and then as for my cleaning job my Saturday cleaning job didn't really affect it that much to be honest because mm-hmm. my other co-worker was pregnant and we were due a week apart Oh my God, no way. We were like right there with each other the whole time. So like at the same time that we had to like, like when second trimester hit, certain adjustments needed to be made to the job and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. it just worked out perfectly because she understood what was what I was going through. I understood what she was going through and that was her second pregnancy. So she could help me through it. And she's like, here's how I made it through this time. Like, by the way, we can't use ammonia bleach anymore and just shit like that. And like my boss was super accommodating. She was, she reacted as if we were like pregnant with her grandchildren. Like that was the vibe. So it didn't really affect that job very much. And I was able to stick through with it until I want to say September and the season ran through the beginning of November and I gave birth at the end of November and I had to just tap out early because I was just so not well in my pregnancy like the whole passing out situation Mm. you can't be passing out when you're trying to lug laundry bags up like three flights of stairs like you just can't do it (laughs) um and then for my photography business it was like I dropped a ton of bricks on the accelerator pedal. Like it was just insane go mode because in my head, I was like, I need to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, this is what I want. We can't afford for me to be a stay-at-home mom. So I'm going to do every fucking thing I can to make sure that I can work from home. How can I do that? My own business. So one really negatively, one really positively and one right in the middle. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Um, And then did I have to choose, did I have to, or did I choose to pivot in my career when I became a mom? Uh, With one job, the decision was made for me. And the other one, I got the choice to kind of make adjustments. The cleaning one, I got to make adjustments and had total say in how I showed up for that job. And when I needed to tap out, nobody was bothered by it. And, um, I had the choice to really push myself as hard as I could fucking go before my baby came here to like launch my photography business. So once again, every end of the spectrum, I covered it within nine months. (laughs) At least, at least you had experience all across the board. (laughs) I really did. Between the two of us, we've done it all. And staying at home and working from home departments, we got you guys. Department. So for you, what has been your work journey since becoming a mother? Like the Cliff Notes version, like I did this job at this child's age and all the way up to where you are now. Okay. So Cliff Notes version. I massaged for a really long time. I went from trying to struggle through building a practice on MDI. That didn't pan out. I ended up commuting back and forth between MDI and Down East to, I was, uh, it would be an equivalent to booth renting. I was an independent contractor. So I was like renting a room from two different places. Um, Yeah. For massage. So 
I had, uh, I was at a chiropractic office and then I was also at a salon and we were still living on MDI. So I was doing a lot of commuting. And for that, um, for a while at first, I was coordinating it with either Brandon's days off and just going on his days off. Um, and then the demand, like it just took off like a shot here. Massage took off like a shot for me where, where it hadn't on, on MDI. I think because the market was so saturated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was got so busy so quickly and I saw the demand that I ended up putting Raya in full-time daycare at that time. While you were still on the island. Well, I was still living on MDI. I put her in daycare down east. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Because daycare was way more expensive on MDI and I wanted to be close to her. So her daycare ended up only being five minutes from where I worked. She and I would come down east sometimes for four nights and stay with my parents. And Brandon was on MDI and would just stay at our apartment there all week. And then we'd go back home on the weekends and it gradually increased. So eventually I pushed Brandon into moving down east, which is an hour <laughs> here. Yeah. The demand was just too crazy. I was so busy. Um, so Rhea was in daycare from age two until she started school because I was massaging full-time. And I was massaging under the umbrella of these two other businesses for a little while. And then I ended up transitioning to rent my own office. And I did that for a while until the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, I was for the first time ever, just a stay at home mom for about a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the only time I was only a stay-at-home mom, not only, there's nothing only about it, right? And um, I then started doing some online work while I, while the pandemic was going on because massage was totally shut down for so long. And after that point, I had tried to go back to massage at some point after Raya started school. So like five years old, I had tried to go back to massage. Things opened up again with the pandemic. And then at that time, school kept closing every time somebody got COVID. So it was like every other day I was having to cancel 20 appointments nonstop. Wow. And I just couldn't keep doing it. So I closed my office and I completely withdrew from massage. I let my license lapse and I was only have transitioned at that point to just the online work. And I have been doing that ever since. Wow. And so now you work at home as a content creator manager. Yes. And that was what you were doing when AJ came into the picture. Yes. And you were not massaging when AJ came into the picture. I stopped massaging like in an, in October, which was the same month I got pregnant. You got pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And actually something kind of clicked in my head when you said pandemic and you had to be a stay at home mom for once, mm -hmm. um, the pandemic kind of made almost everyone stay at home moms. Like if you were a mother and you were a working mother before, if you weren't an essential worker, 
you became a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Wow. I, feel I like think not mm-hmm. much. I don't think that's ever happened before, or maybe it has, but like in a very different like climate. Yeah. In time. That's crazy. I think it was really, really, really hard on a lot of the working moms also, because what a transition, especially moms who held down jobs that were like nine to fives for years, you know, and that is a huge transition. I mean, that was, I think it was really hard on everybody's mental health too, but especially moms. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like when the pandemic hit for me, I was already like, not my life didn't change. Yeah. It was just like the people around me were there more. Like (laughs) the people that I lived with were there more. Yeah. But like my life as a mom and where I was in my career didn't change Mm -hmm. besides not being able to like go out and do shoots. But I guess I'm already kind of answering that question for myself. So is that your full timeline? Yeah, basically I have been doing online work and I was able to pay for my own maternity leave with my second baby, AJ, which was amazing. And that was, was, (laughs) it was, it was incredible. It was about five months and I had to do very minimal work and still got paid just the same, which was a lot of hard work before that point on my end, but it was wonderful. And then I've been slowly getting back to work still from home. Yeah. Cliff notes. (laughs) Cliff notes. Uh, For me, it was, let me think, since becoming a mother. uh, So I was no longer with my full-time job by the time that Azalea was born. And I was booked up with photo shoots. Like it was just like grind central while I was pregnant and all that grinding paid off two months before I was due to give birth. So I worked up until the, not the week before my due date, but the week before the week before my due date. Yes. Um, Because Izzy always measured very big Mm -hmm. and they were like, we wouldn't be surprised if you went into labor early versus even for a first time mom, first time mom, we would be shocked if you went to your due date or overdue. So that was something I kept in mind when I was scheduling out like photo shoot bookings. But I mean, girl, like every other day I had a shoot, I would do a shoot next day, edit all the photos, turn around next day, shoot next day, edit, turn around all the photos next day, shoot and so on and so forth. It was insane. Sometimes Mm -hmm. multiple shoots a day. It was, (laughs) it was crazy. Uh, So that was 2018. And then Izzy was born in November of 2018. And I took December off. I had four months off. And then I was back to it in January. I didn't really get a maternity leave. Yeah. And I think I, I think her dad also took two days off, like you said, for Brandon. Like mm-hmm. neither of them really got a paternity leave. Um and then I worked for myself as a photographer up until August of Oh my God, 2020 or 2020. Mm-hmm. So we were like still in the pandemic, but I was still able to do photo shoot work as long as like I, ha- I had a mask on. And the lens that I love to work with is one of those where you can stay more than six feet away from your people and be safe. Uh, and I do all of my shoots outdoors. So it was like, 
I had the mask on. I was more mm. than six feet away and we were outdoors. So I was lucky enough to be able to continue working. Another way I was trying to like boost my income during that time was helping other small businesses through social media management and courses. And we launched the modeling workshop during that time. So I, I guess I technically had three stay-at-home businesses. (laughs) And also during that time, I finished writing my first book. Um, Damn. (laughs) I was a busy-ass mama. (laughs) Then uh, when I left, uh, when Azalea's father and I split, I was burnt out, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine. (laughs) And because I mean, Izzy was a pandemic baby. She was only two months old or no, three to four months old when the pandemic hit. Wow. And so, I mean, so that it was the pandemic and it was trying to do three businesses at the same time, plus my still Saturday cleaning job type gig. And I was just, I, I drove myself into the ground. So I still did photography work from August to October of 2020, but it was only our modeling workshop that we did. And thank you, Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the time December came around, which is when Dylan entered the picture, I was done. Like I was like a non-functioning human. I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do. Like, this isn't working anymore. I can't do this. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I don't ever want to pick up my camera again. (laughs) High vibe. Like, I'm I'm sick of social media. I'm sick of photography. I don't know what I'm going to do. I am living off of this online job that I picked up and the Um, the modeling workshops and the Saturday job, but then the modeling workshop stopped because winter happened and Mm -hmm. life got crazy for you because you got pregnant. (laughs) Um, So pretty much when I met Dill, I was basically jobless. I mean, I had online work, but it was very few and far between. It wasn't bringing in enough to like really live off of like, well, I mean, I was living off it, but like, I mean, fucking barely, like homie was skipping meals. Like we were not okay. Yeah. Um, And then since meeting Dylan, I've been so incredibly blessed to have met a partner whose family has their own businesses. And I've just been kind of like pulled into his family's businesses. They're like, oh, you can do this shit? Cool. Let me scoop you up real quick. Nice. So since then, I've been working for his sister and a little bit of work for his father, but mainly his sister and his sister has actually gotten me another job with somebody else. So it's all mainly still work from home stuff, but also, oh my God, Gabby, we both forgot to mention the podcast. Ah, yes. It's because it's our love child. Yeah, this doesn't feel like work. It's our love child project. And I feel like that with like a lot of my stuff, like it doesn't feel like work. Like I'll do a shoot every now and then, but it's strictly friends and family. Um, And then I work for his sister, either like nannying or housekeeping. And then I have another housekeeping job and then uh, some website work for his dad. And I stopped doing my own online job pretty recently and podcast work and I've just really honestly lately 
like completely submersed myself back into my writing. Yes. And I feel weird calling that like my job, but I'm working. I'm working. I'm trying. I'm trying to make that a job. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. It's like preemptive job because eventually you'll publish those works. Yes. So like for me, I'm sorry, listeners, if it was really hard to keep track of, I've always been doing a million different things at once to pay the bills. Right. (laughs) All of it at home, except for two or three. (laughs) Except for two or three here. Right. Uh, Yeah. So do you have any questions? Yes, I have a question. As a follow-up to what we were just talking about, I'm wondering out of all the different scenarios of the work and parenting balance, which was your favorite? The one I'm in now. The one you're in now. Yep. So uh, mine and Gabby's cases are very similar yet very different because she is full-time mom all the time because she has her children full-time because Azalea's father and I are not together. We have split custody. We have 50, 50 custody. So that means I have the opportunity to be a work from home mom, Mm -hmm. a stay at home mom, and a just working person all at the same time right now. And that's what I love. So like to kind of clarify, we do the podcast like Monday nights or Saturday nights and Monday nights, I don't have Izzy. Saturday nights, I don't have Izzy. So like this job, no kiddo on watch. And then Mondays, I also have my second cleaning job. Uh, thanks to his sister. She like hooked me up with one of her clients. Uh, so I work for her when I don't have a kiddo. And when I do clean for his sister, I get to bring my daughter with me. And then any other work that I do from home, it's kind of split between sometimes I'll do it with Izzy around and sometimes I do it without her around. Most of the time though, it's either like after she goes to bed or on the weekends when she's not here. Mm. so I really have like one toe in every scenario and you like that I honestly think it's the most perfect balance it's pretty awesome yeah yeah so so what about you what has been your favorite combo well I got thinking about this question because I I I think my situation right now is my favorite as well (gasps) yeah yeah I think so and I think I need so right now my girls are in daycare one day a week. So I can really hammer down my online work that day. And when school starts, Raya is going to be gone during the days. And then AJ is going to be in daycare two days a week. So I think that that balance honestly is going to be perfect for me. The summer has been really, really hard having all the kid energy. Yep. It's been insane. So I have really struggled a lot this summer keeping up with either. I think this fall when it's a little less constant with the girls, I have really no support outside of just Brandon and myself. So um, as far as childcare goes or just like backup So I really do get extremely burnt out and it's, I could talk about my struggle with the balance of work and motherhood and and parenting 
forever and I'm not going to bore you with that. But what got me thinking about this is that I really did enjoy some aspects of when I was working and Rhea was in full-time daycare. Go into that. That is a world that I've never been a part of. Yeah. And, but I think you're going to understand. Okay. So I feel like when, especially in the early years, when your child is a baby and a toddler, you're just fully consumed by them, you know, and, and by this identity of mom. Yeah. And I think without having to like get dressed and go to work, you just get wrapped into this monotony of like, all I am is the lady who washes dishes and all I, I'm nothing more than an everlasting to-do list. And like, I'm the, I'm the chef and the laundry and the housekeeper. And like, that is me. Like, I'm not even my own person anymore. I'm just mom. And I, I felt like working out of the house and having those hours of separation every day, five days a week was like a reprieve from that. Like, oh, I'm still Gabby. I'm still my own person. I am mom and massage therapist and, you know, professional woman and I wear clothes and it's- And I wear clothes. I actually wear clothes that aren't sweatpants. Um, So there were parts of that. And I feel since being a stay at home, work from home mom, I mean, sometimes I don't get dressed out of PJs for like five days straight and I, you know, and I definitely sometimes have, well, not sometimes I definitely have lost my identity through these early months with even now with AJ and it's, yeah, it's just a, a difference to have that like separation. And there are parts about that that I do like. That actually per- ties perfectly into my next question that mm-hmm. I had specifically for you because I can't speak on the daycare experience. Yeah. So when you decided to put Araya in daycare, what was your internal monologue when you were making that decision? Like what was running through your head? There's a two part to this question. I'm going to say it before because I have a feeling you might bring it up as well. Okay. Uh, was there any external voices that encouraged or discouraged your decision? Because I feel like when you become a mom, everybody suddenly has an opinion about what you should do, not just during your pregnancy, but once that baby is born. One of the biggest hot topic buttons is you need to be there for your baby's earliest moments. You don't want to miss their first word. You don't want to miss their first steps, stuff like that. But also like you still need to like provide for your family and bring in money. It's just like two very extreme and, and it's both very like societally, like from what you hear, or at least from what I've heard other women experience and what I experienced, it's all with like a very negative undertone. And from what mm-hmm. you just mentioned, that was like a very positive, like beautiful way of spinning it. So like, do you remember what it was like when you were making that decision internally and maybe remember what you heard externally at that time? Yeah. So this is so true, Emma, seriously. It's there's, yeah, there's so much to this, but I, um, 
I had a lot of guilt about putting her in daycare. And part of that came from my expectations as a new mom, where I had had this dialogue with myself. Oh, I'm I'm not going to be a daycare mom. I'm going to raise my own kid. I'm going to this, this, that, 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 like with everything. There's raise your own kid. That was, yeah. Yeah. So I had this whole thing. And when it came down to it, I felt like in the moment that I was choosing myself over her and I had a lot of guilt, but it was, it was really confusing and complex because I was choosing my, not, I I was choosing my career and I was choosing to put her in daycare, but I was also choosing to put food on the table. And for so many years that I was in practice as a massage therapist, I was the primary breadwinner of our family. So I had that responsibility and I can only imagine how moms feel who have health insurance through their jobs. Like not only are you making money, but you have this, like the best health insurance plan from your job, not your husband's or whatever. And like, that's your obligation. And you have to like stay in work for that. So many moms barely make, barely break even with the amount that they're paying out to daycare with what they're making but they have to like keep these jobs because of their health insurance. And it's just wild. And I was fortunate enough that when I was working that much, um, I definitely, I didn't miss any huge milestones um, because she was two and a half when I put her in daycare for the first time. But there were events that I missed. They had little things, little like different programs and different uh, celebrations at daycare that I missed because I had clients booked and I, I was really, really heartbroken. I also missed Raya's first field trip when she started school because I was booked and just really couldn't finagle moving things around. We really needed the money. So I have missed things. And I, at the point when I decided to let go of my massage practice, that was one of the things that, that definitely came into it was I feel like I wanted to try to be more present for them both. That is definitely something that I remember you bringing up. It's like you expressing this longing to experience being a stay-at-home mom because you, at the time, didn't feel like you ever got to experience that with Ray. Right. Yeah. And, um, but as far as like externally, I didn't really get a lot of, um, you know, nobody really had much to say. Both our parents, both the grandparents of my children all were daycare. Like we were all in daycare, you know, like it was just kind of a little bit more normal. I feel maybe back in the nineties. I don't know. We definitely did our stints in daycare and I know that Brandon did. Um, (laughs) But I think there was a lot of doubt that we could make, that I would make that money from my family. there's always like a money stress, a lot of underlying money and daycare is expensive, very expensive. That was actually something that I forgot to like Mm -hmm. write down that we should talk about is the not breaking even with daycare costs, whole thing that so many people struggle with. That is one of the reasons why like Azalea's father and I decided that we had a better shot at making a livable income if he was working and I was home with her, but I was still like, pursuing my side. Right. 
It's so valid. It's so valid because it's expensive. It was like 135 a week. Um, and you have to sign up for the whole week and you have to pay for the whole week, even if Regardless you of whether or not that baby is there. <laughs> yes. Which is the hardest, one of the hardest things you're paying for it, no matter what, it's a huge commitment. And I was very fortunate that I was busy enough with massage that not only was I easily paying for daycare, but at that time I was also paying for a housekeeper. So I wasn't fully doing my housework either because at first I was doing it all. I was working the 40 hours. I was coming home, doing all the cleaning, all the cooking, all the appointments, all the everything. And I um, was losing my fucking mind. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I um, definitely at a point I did start having somebody come weekly. I don't have that anymore, but it was really nice while it lasted because you just can't do it all. And I was trying to do it all. No, there's no Mm -hmm. way you can do it all. It's like, if you are showing up a hundred percent for your job, you are missing something with your children. Mm -hmm. If you're showing up a hundred percent with your children, you are missing something at your job. You can't be a hundred percent in all aspects of your life as a mom as a partner as a friend as a daughter as a mm-hmm. worker whatever whatever you are you just there's no way yeah no fucking way <laughs> oh it's so yeah that balance is insane another factor that i just want to bring up really quickly to do with like kids being in daycare and or school is that nobody ever expects the dad to leave work when the kid is sick or if the kid, you know what I mean? Like, even though at times when I was making so much more money, I was still the one canceling my clients and calling out and this and that, you know, whenever, I don't know why. And it was like, we didn't even, obviously, generally kids want their moms when they're sick, but I remember having a lot of animosity over that. Like, just being because it's like this cultural thing like the women are expected to be the ones to leave work if somebody's sick if anybody needs anything it's just there are a lot of um in a cis gendered couple parents there's a lot of that cultural kind of programming that is really strange wicked it's yeah just, it's just weird <laughs> like yeah. can we just move on already please mm-hmm. yeah for sure do you want to ask another question I do have one more question Emma okay okay in your current work parenting scenario has there been any boundaries you've had to set to keep a healthy balance and has it been difficult yes um more recently than in the past because like I mentioned before is he straight out of the womb mama was back to work working from home and I just said yes to everything Mm. all of the time and I paid for it through months (laughs) of burnout and when I started to feel like that fire come back to start working again and like my many different aspects (laughs) it was it's been a very conscious decision 
to regardless of whether or not I'm taking care of my child that I don't take on more than I can chew. And if I happen to take on more than I can chew, it's a matter of advocating for myself and having to take a step back because I never, ever want to go back through the months of burnout again. Mm. Just like, it was terrible. It was, I have never felt more like distant from myself than during that time. It was just very strange. And I remember like, so like, I kind of have like a stay-at-home mom, like lineage, like Mm -hmm. all of the mothers in my family were stay-at-home moms or I, but like, I very scarcely remember my mom working when I was really little. I think it was like night jobs Mm. sort of thing. Like she did what she had to do to help. Uh, But for the most part, it was all stay-at-home moms. And there was this major narrative of like, you have to be there for your kid. But in the times that we're living in, you can't afford to just take care of your kid, at least where we live and in this time. So it was so hard because I was a hundred percent showing up for Izzy and I was a hundred percent showing up for my jobs, mm. jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just, it was too fucking much in the house and just like all that stuff. So for me, it was, it's, it's been very important to draw that line in the sand and do my fucking best to not volunteer for more stuff just because he's saying yes, feels good. <laughs> it does. Yes. You're a chronic people pleaser. I am too, you know, and that's a real struggle to rewire yourself, not, you know, to be able to say no and like be okay with saying no and knowing where to draw the line. It is not easy and it takes work and you're doing a great job. Thank you. That burnout's no joke. You're doing a great job too. Thanks. I'd like to see yourself be put first more often, but we're all doing the best we can. And I'm your friend, so I'm supposed to push you to take care of yourself more. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you yeah. have any other questions or topic points? Um, that's it for me. Well, as far as the boundary question, I guess like a follow-up to that being, are there any boundaries that you don't have in place currently that you would like to see yourself enact in the future? Honestly, no. Mm-hmm. I feel like I finally struck the perfect balance because like I do the majority of my work when Izzy is not here now that we have a 50-50 split and then when she is here she comes along with me to one outside of the house job and I think maybe once like one of the days that I have her I do like my writing work or like some podcast work but that's about it yeah honestly and that is what has been the most beneficial for myself and for her and for us as a family unit. That's beautiful. It's so good. So for you, what about your boundaries to ensure your balance? So for me, a boundary that I've had to try or for, this is a very personal thing. I know this isn't a, a care for everyone, but I definitely, because currently I work online Mm-hmm. I, it involves a lot of phone time and a lot of computer time. And I try to not have my face in my phone 
constantly while being actively parent on duty. Yeah. It is a fucking struggle though. I find myself like quickly working in the bathroom or, you know, it's really, really hard. So my, like a boundary I've had to have is like, I put my phone away when I'm with my kids. It doesn't work all the time. And some days are better than others, but I definitely have to physically like put it away and have set times where I work during the day, which often, especially during the summer with both girls home has been like nap time and after bedtime and like in the bathroom. <laughs> Hiding. Yeah, I'm like really long pee. Yeah. I'm just in the bathroom. Like, um, but yeah, <laughs> that was me typing. <laughs> the number of times like Gabby sent me voice messages from the bathroom and I can hear Raya like banging on the door. She's like, I'm just, just a second, Raya. <laughs> yeah, literally. And it's just this stupid notion that I have. Well, maybe it's not stupid. I mean, I just had the girls physicals, like the checkup, the yearly exam and the pediatrician is like no more than two hours of screen time a day, which we never, like, we definitely suck at that. Like some oh, days. Yeah. And Raya proceeded to say in that appointment, I just watched 11 hours of TV the other day. She does not know how to tell time. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And it was because I said it. I'm like, she was begging for more TV. And I was like, you watched 11 hours of TV today. No, but like she, so she remembered me saying that. But anyway, I'm like, my kid's addicted to screens. Oh my God. And then I'm screened up all the time so I'm trying to be like they are going to absorb everything yeah Yeah. so that's an effort on my end but also same as Emma like learning to say no learning I can't please everyone and yeah it's hard speak on the screen thing for yes I feel like you and I have very different tactics when it comes to screen time and I just want to make sure all moms are seen yeah during this Gab has always been the type of mom where she's very careful about the screen time that she gives her kids. Me, on the other hand, couldn't give a fuck. Nope. You want to watch a movie? Let's watch a movie. You want to watch another movie after that movie? Or you want to watch that same movie again? Sure. It's on. But I think it, it just all depends on what works best for you and your children. Yeah. Like, for example, Izzy, my daughter, is very good at self-regulating herself when it comes to screen time. Like when she's done, she's done. Mm. She doesn't want to touch the the tablet. She doesn't want to watch a movie. She wants to go do something. She'll only sit and watch it for so long and then she's done. Raya, on the other hand, <laughs> just like gets zoned into the TV and it has nothing to do with like the parenting decisions that we have made. It has everything to do with our children's different personalities and what works best for us. So because Gabby knows her daughter gets sucked into the TV, there has to be restrictions in place and Gabby has to be consciously putting a good example when it comes to the work-life balance, especially because her work has to do with being on a screen. Mm, yeah. My daughter, if she sees me like working on the computer, I just pull out our second computer, like the old one, and she just writes with me I and that's that. her screen time for a moment. And then when she's done, she's done. And when mm. she's done, I am also done. And, yeah. but like, it just, it just each to their own you know, like good for you for having those boundaries in place and doing the best you can to make the right decision for your children. And also good for me for doing the exact same fucking thing. It just looks different. 
Right. So whatever works for anybody and like every kid is different. Yeah. It gets tricky when the second one comes along and doesn't have the same like needs. Yes. It's like, where do we find a middle ground? So just everybody in separate rooms. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, go, just go. You know how to regulate yourself. You don't, I got an eye on you. You're fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it would, it is so frustrating because I would be able to get so much more work done if I could just leave my kids screened up and like trust that they would be okay but because I have to like regulate that I feel the need to regulate that for their sake so okay so yeah screen time tangent over yeah want to hear us talk more about that we can but I just wanted to put that out there since you brought up screen time and since that's I feel like everything to do with momming is a hot button topic oh my god right (laughs) yeah and some things have to be boundaries for some parents and not for others you know it's like everything is different everyone has their own lifestyle and their own choices and their own children and so on and so forth free will bitches anyways (laughs) yes the last thing we wanted to touch on before we closed out the podcast is something we would like to share with each of the moms that are potentially in our audience. Not every mom has one foot in every arena like we do, but because we do have one foot in every arena, we are able to have a very unique perspective on what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom versus working mom versus working from home mom. And we wanted to share either something that we know now that we wish we knew then, or just like any piece of wisdom or advice that we picked up along the way. Gabby, do you want to start with a stay-at-home mom piece of advice? God, I think I need the advice at that because that's where (laughs) I struggle the most to be completely honest. I think Um, for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Staying at home, I think is the hardest of all the arenas. I think they're they're all hard in their own ways, but like that's where I personally have the hardest time. Yes, me too. And I think maybe it's not advice, but I just want to say if you are just, you know, you're staying at home and it's, there's no just about it. I know I keep saying like, just to stay at home mom, there's no just about it. It's fucking hard. It's the worst, but also it's the best, but I just am here to tell you that you are enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like something that occurred to me when I was a stay at home mom and something that I've also heard other stay at home moms voice is a major loss of self because you are doing for every like you are doing everything for everyone all of the time because your job title is stay-at-home mom that means that you are on the clock 24 7 and it sometimes leaves you wondering like who is supposed to take care of me Mm -hmm. oh yeah me because I take care of everybody else and it can be really hard to if you are like a sing or not a single mom if you are a stay-at-home mom with a partner to ask your partner to step up especially if they are working outside of the home but at the end of the day they are just as much a partner in raising your child whether they helps you create said child or whether or not they stepped in to help you take care of that child. They, their care for you and the home and the babies is just as important as 
your role in all of those things. And just because that's technically like your job versus their job as something other doesn't mean that they can't help you when they are home. That was something that I struggled with a lot was asking for help and accepting help because, well, I'm the mom, I'm the stay at home mm-hmm. mom. I've got one job. This is my job. Nobody touched my job. But like in, in reality, when you work outside of the home, you've got coworkers, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's team effort, there's collaborative effort happening and you're not meant to do it all alone. And the number one person to go to should be your partner. But if that isn't an option, whether they work away, like they're in the military or something, or if you're a single mom, like I was for a bit there, I was a single mom and a stay-at-home mom during that period. And that was the hardest period of my life. Mm. And it, you, you just have to accept the help when it comes and you just have to ask for that help because at the end of the day, you cannot take care of your home and your children and yourself and the bills and this, that, and the other motherfucking thing until you are okay. I mean, you can do it, but like, it's not worth burning yourself out, digging a hole and burying yourself in said hole. It's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't make you a bad partner. It doesn't make you a bad friend or a bad daughter or bad anything. You are not bad for asking for help. Everybody needs help. And you're still doing it all. And you're still doing it all, girl. You are literally doing it all, even if you need help or ask for help. Like you are doing an adequate, you are over excelling at your job, even if you're asking for help. And it's okay to spend some days completely curled up in a ball in your bed and just letting your babies watch movies, whether that is you or in the living room, because you need to shut the door. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to take care of yourself. All that jazz. Yes. What about for moms who work outside of the home? I would say my one bit of advice is maybe not very heartfelt, but is but advice nonetheless. And I wish somebody had given me permission way sooner. And that is, if you are making enough money, higher help. (laughs) I just wish like I never, I was like ashamed to hire somebody to clean for me. I was so ashamed and it like changed my life. Yeah. So if that is something that is in your budget and you're like, cause you're working that much, (laughs) um, don't be ashamed because you're giving somebody else a good job. You know, it's, It's if you can put something, take something off your plate, because as working moms, we also still have all of those stay at home mom responsibilities in the home. At least in my experience, I always did. And like, if you can take something off your plate and give it to somebody else, please do. And if nobody else will take it, fucking pay somebody to take it. Yes. Or if you are like, Gabby or like me and you are in a business in which you can trade yes. like your service for somebody else like if you come clean my house I will give you a massage mm-hmm. something like that you know like work with what you got and absolutely make it work. was that all that you wanted to say on that or do you have anything else you'd like to add that's my biggest 
That's my biggest is just like, I see you, you do literally everything. Still, still, <laughs> Every, all the moms are doing everything. We yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the working mom advice, I would say that's something I wish I knew about before I worked out of the home mm-hmm. was that I get fucking canceled for this. It's okay to not miss your kids. <laughs> Amen. Yes. It's okay to look forward to that time away. It's okay to feel your best when you are outside of the home and away from the babies. Once again, doesn't make you a bad mom. It fucking doesn't. And wherever they are, whatever or whoever is giving the care while you're away during that time is doing an amazing job there with them for a reason. And you are allowed to enjoy that time away. That's so legit. (laughs) Yes. More people have felt that feeling than probably care to admit. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. something that I really struggled with. I was like, was I, did I make a mistake almost? Like, was I not meant to be a mom? Cause I'm like having too much fun out here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, totally. that's normal. It's okay. It's normal. That's, mm-hmm. That totally comes with it. What about for work from home mom advice? So you're staying at home and you're working. It's so fucking hard. <laughs> There's What's advice. It's hard. Bye. <laughs> can you just write into the show, guys, and just give us advice? Like, do you have advice for us? Because we're trying to do it and I'm mostly failing at it. So no, you're not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's your advice for this one, Emma? Take the work time where you can get it and don't sweat the to-do list too much. Mm. It's easier said than done because it's constantly piling up and shit is constantly getting switched out uh but kind of like what I mentioned earlier you're either 100% showing up for your kids or you're 100% showing up for your job and it's okay when you're showing up 100% for one thing and the other thing is lacking it doesn't make you a bad career person it doesn't make you a selfish mom for like putting your effort and energy towards that versus the other um so yeah just striking a balance where you can kind of like the stay-at-home mom advice it's okay to ask for help totally okay totally acceptable totally encouraged (laughs) right yes yeah and just don't be afraid to keep trying out different routines Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I know some people are like we've been in this routine since they were born I couldn't imagine changing it like what would happen the world would crumble valid high possibility (laughs) but also it's worth exploring other things like for a while there when I was working from home uh and I was momming from home and as he was very little I would literally work like I would get up Cause I, she had like, she had a sleep pattern. So like, if she was waking up, I think she's waking up that time, like at about six o'clock in the morning. So I was waking up at four and just making sure that I went to bed at the same time as her, mm-hmm. which was pretty early. It was like seven, seven thirty, Um, and just getting those two hours in of work made a hell of a difference. Also getting to wake up by yourself. 
yes when nobody else is awake christine christine so nice if you're not a morning i'm not a morning person i'm definitely not and that only works for me during that time i could not imagine doing that now so now instead i just do that work time later and when izzy wakes up in the morning that's her screen time mama is recovering from working later in the night here's your screen come crawl into bed and she eats her breakfast watches a little movie and I get my sleep. Yes. Just adapt, just adjust the routine. If something's not working, that's okay. Try something else and don't be afraid. The world might feel like it's ending for a second if it's Mm. not working, but then you know that it doesn't work and then you can try something else until you find like the right fit. And I think without like constantly adapting and trying new things when something wasn't like clicking or fitting right, if I hadn't done that, we would not have hit this near perfect stride that we are currently in. Everything is still hard. It's Mm -hmm. always fucking hard. But I much prefer what I'm doing now versus what I was doing a month ago. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Did that spark anything for you? Well, I guess like the routine factor, like routine is super important. And I've traditionally been pretty haphazard with, um, as a mom, with not having a routine, we kind of didn't really have a set dinner time, didn't really have a set bedtime, just sort of were extremely haphazard. And since I have been working from home, I have, and being a stay-at-home mom, I have realized how much I need the routine. Yeah. Yes. Routine is key and it could change. And that can, that routine, which is key can change. Like Emma said. So if you don't have one, and it isn't working for you, maybe try one out. And if that one doesn't work, try something else. It's okay to keep on trying. And it's okay if you fall on your face a couple of times, you'll get there eventually. Yes, (laughs) we believe in you. We believe in you. And on that note, we are also here for you. We're here for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Women Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the.rebel.com women.pod and on Twitter at rebel women one. We would love to hear from you via DMS, or you can email us at rebelwomenpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to further support us, please rate and review us on whatever listening platform you use. We also have a Patreon linked in the description of each podcast episode, where we have tons of bonus content for you all in hopes to raise enough funds for us to better our recording equipment to make this podcast even better. And as always, we're here for you.